0: So, I love to um, tell stories about real-life stuff when I get the microphone. So, I want to share this with you. So, today for me started last... This, like this moment right now started for me last Sunday morning. And I'm going to explain why. So, usually, like that calendar we get, like you'll see my name at the bottom of it. And I know for like 30 days... I'm going to be preaching on this date, and I'm ready and prepared, and I also know what it's like to be on the spot, because I'm a Cleveland too, so I know what it's like to be ready right then and there, but when I was in church last Sunday, early, uh, doing some worship and stuff, and I walk right in there, and there's Nathan, and Nathan says, yeah, you're preaching Sunday, and here's what happened, and I really want you guys to see this, because it's pretty powerful. I went like this, sweet. (laughs) And then right here inside of me, this is what happened. You aren't prepared. You haven't, you didn't know you were going to preach. You're not ready to preach. And you're going to stand up there and have nothing to say. And I saw in my mind myself standing right here looking for somebody to take the mic. And I believed that. I believed it because there was some truth in it. You didn't know, so you don't, you're not ready. That's true. I didn't know, but the rest of it was a lie. And for about three days, I went through like this torment of what am I going to do? Like the worst fear of my life is to stand here and go, you know, like that's terrifying. But I seen it and I believed it. What I really feel like the Lord wants us to think about is is there's so many things that we I think the question I need to ask is what are you believing? Like, what are you believing? Like what what is it that you believe? What is it that your eyes are set on, and what is it you believe? If it's funny because, like, say Lily comes up to me and says, Hey, I'm gonna beat you up. I'm gonna be like, Okay. I'm not fearful of that because I don't believe it. But say Nathan and you know, Steve come at me and Tim in the dark alley here and say, I'm going to beat you up. Now, there might be some fear because I can believe that. <laughs> you see how that works? Like when you believe it, the stuff comes with it. So we're probably up. Well, let's read a scripture here so we can stay on task. We're going to be in Hebrews 12. Two. We'll go ahead and read verse one first. And I'm sorry, I didn't prepare anything up here. Um, But you all brought Bibles, so we're okay. Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that lay before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And I sat down at the right hand of God's throne. Keeping our eyes on Jesus. Nathan says, hey, you're preaching Sunday. Thumbs up. The lie from the enemy. The belief of the lie. So here it is Monday. And um, like I'm looking for a message. Lord, where is it? I'm reading everything. I'm trying to remember every scripture I've ever heard. And um, like... A hammer falls out of my tool belt, and I'm like, "Lord, what is the message there? Is that what you want me to preach on?" <laughs> like, what, what happened? Okay, uh, a part didn't come in for a car. I'm like, "What is it, Lord? Is that it? Like, is that what I'm supposed? Where's the? Is there a verse with that?" And I'm just like in this kind of unpeaceful, like unrestful, searching for what it is the Lord wants to talk about. Well, I had not been feeling good. On top of that, I kind of had a cold, and here's another thing that came into my ear hey you have a cold maybe you'll be too sick to preach on Sunday and I thought to myself yes that's it I'm gonna be I'm not taking any medicine I'm gonna make sure and the Lord kind of snapped me out of that and and helped me to see like hey wait a minute I'm willing to accept something that the enemy is willing to give me because of my fear. Because of fear of what the enemy said instead of belief and faith in Christ. Who has set my feet on the rock, who has saved me out of so much, who has cleared my head, healed my heart. Instead of believing all those things that I've seen him do, I'm going to believe this lie. And because of that, I'm going to accept sickness and i thought lord that is crazy and we talked about that some in class this morning like i had to repent like lord i repent tuesday i'm at the car lot and i thought this thought i say i thought this thought comes into my ear just take a car without a plate on it and drive crazy you get pulled over maybe thrown in jail for a couple days you won't have to preach on sunday This is true stuff. Like this is really what's good. This is the week. I'm like, that's a great idea. (laughs) Then I don't have to worry about standing up there and not having anything to say. Isn't that crazy how the enemy can just constantly. and, And we think so many times it's like coming at you. Neither of these two times was it coming at me. It was just right here. Just a simple thought or suggestion that had some similar truth to it. Enough for me to go, yep, I'm not going to be ready. So how can I get out of this? The Lord really, I feel like, showed me something here. Tuesday night, um, you know, anytime you're at the Tuesday night Bible study, be ready to preach because it could happen. So I just started thinking more, and I'm exhausted now by thinking about what I'm going to preach about and how to get out of it and all the things. But the Lord started to do something in my heart, and there's this, this thing that started to happen in my spirit to where I started to think, Tyra, it isn't me. It isn't about me. It isn't if I prepared a message. It doesn't matter if I've read this book, have a photographic memory, can tell you every scripture. It is not me at all who's going to do anything that helps you. It is the power of God. It is the Holy Spirit. It is Jesus. It's God himself. And I started to realize that's faith. I don't have to know that I'm comfortable with what I've got ready to stand up here and talk to you. What I do need to know is that God has something to say and he will use me to do that. That's what I have to say. And then I had to start believing that. And then I had like my wife says. To show up. (laughs) She said, you just got to show up. I think I can do that. I won't be in jail and I won't be sick, so I'm going to show up. Because I'm not accepting what the enemy has to offer. And I think there's a warning in that, like, there's so many times when we might have fear because of a lie or whatever. But we have this fear and it's easier to accept this thing that the world's offering, that the enemy is offering you so that you don't have to do that thing you're afraid of. If that makes any sense, like, so I just, the Lord shared another scripture with me, and we got some youth stuff we're gonna fit in here today, too, because they wanna all come up here and talk, and we'll give them each a turn. (laughs) So, the children of Israel, God says, hey, go take the promised land, right? And we all know this story. They get the 12 guys. They go check it out. The food's amazing. The place is great. And they come back, and they give their report. And two of them said, let's go. Let's go take this. But the 10 of them said, we can't. We can't. There's giants over there. They'll destroy us. We can't take this land. And to me, it was just like this whole thing that happened to me this week. That was the lie from the enemy that they believed. And it cost so much. And it kept them in the wilderness so long. And I believe there's lies in this church, in our hearts and our minds, that we have believed that we need to today get rid of. We need today release them. We need to today to step into what's called faith and start believing in the God who created us, who just like the children of Israel, like I was telling my brother last night, like they just they, they walked through the sea. Like the water stopped and it grew really tall and they walked through it. And then, however long later, they're like, yeah, we can't defeat those guys because they're big. And it's like, well, what happened? What's the difference? Exactly. The difference was, was God wasn't in the equation. Their eyes were not on God. Because when your eyes are on God, there's nothing that you can't do, there's nothing that can stop you. When my eyes are on me, it's a mess. You know, when our eyes are on what we're capable of, of, capable of and what we can do, that's a bummer. But what Christ can do is powerful and we can do all things through Christ, right, who strengthens us. So so the scripture, the story that the Lord brought to my heart in all this mess was um, one in 1 Samuel 14. If you guys want to turn with me, we'll check that out. 1 Samuel 14. Anybody else have kind of a tough week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that tough week thing, yeah. A lot of us have, man. I, I heard a lot coming into church this morning, like, man, it's been a rough week, or hey, I filled the feet, or hey, this. And I'm, I'm right there with you all. But somewhere in prayer in Randy's class this morning, it was like, Lord, thank you for the battle. Right. Yeah. right? I thank you that we are in a battle. We're in a battle. Something's going good. We're moving in the right direction. And the Lord and our eyes are on Christ, and the battle is his. So it's going to be a good battle, but don't try to run from the battle. The battle's all right. First Samuel 14. The Lord started to remind me of this story of Jonathan. So the Israelites are in a battle. We're in a battle. And a lot of them are hiding in caves and holes. And they're just not sure what to do. And maybe some of us are doing that same thing. But in my fear of preaching and the Lord beginning to build faith in me, this is what came to my heart. And as soon as I find it, we're going to read it. Well, Jonathan turns to his armor bearer and he says, hey, let's, just, let's go up here. Let's just go up to the enemy and perhaps God will deliver us. And to me, that just really started to stir faith in me because it wasn't a from the Lord to Jonathan. Hey, go up and do this. But Jonathan in his heart he said, hey perhaps god will deliver us let's go find out like let's move on it and perhaps god will deliver us and and the lord just began to speak to me like even if i didn't have something to talk about today let's just move in that direction and perhaps the lord will speak Amen. and here's what was beautiful like there's things in our lives i think that we need to do that with like just move on and just see maybe perhaps the Lord will be in it. Perhaps the Lord will deliver you. Perhaps the Lord will show up. And then here's what's really powerful about that. He didn't just stop with that, but he said, hey, let's go show ourselves to the enemy. Yeah, let's step out in that. Let's not just say it, but let's go show ourselves to the enemy because now it's too late. Now we're trusting in the Lord, right? (laughs) Now we're trusting in God. And I feel like that, There's just such a desire from God to us. Trust me. Like the Lord would just say to us, like, trust me. Give me a chance. Step out in some areas in your life and see if I won't deliver you. See if I won't show up. Don't listen to the lie. And don't look at you. Because, look, we've been learning it in youth. We're a mess. We're a mess for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Like we couldn't do it on our own. I was sitting in there doing worship, just praying like, Lord, I've made such a mess of things in my life and I'm so thankful God that you came, Jesus, that you came and you died on that cross to cleanse me, to set my feet on solid ground so that I could have a future in you. And it doesn't have to be that whole wishy-washy thing, but that I can seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. When I, um, I'm going to share a, a personal testimony with you that I've wanted to share since it happened, and then we'll do a couple of youth things. we got a song we want to sing. Not this last June, but the June before, we, we left church and we're at a Chinese restaurant on Glenstone. And I get a text from my ex wife that says, Hey, Sydney, Sydney is my daughter. She's 18 right now. Sydney, um, like any parent would say about their kid, was the most amazing, beautiful thing that ever happened in my life. Absolutely adore Sydney, love Sydney. She grew up, we were best friends. She, like everything about her was the coolest thing in the world. You couldn't find a cooler, funnier, cuter kid in, in, in the world. And I know that yours are, but, um, but she was this priceless and is priceless. And me and Sydney had this amazing relationship that nothing could penetrate and nobody could. And it was a beautiful thing. When she was about eight, nine, um, me and her mother divorced. And I, and I started, I, I did this whole, God, I tried it your way and I failed and it didn't work, so I'm good. I'm good on that. And I just started living for the flesh, whatever, cuz I didn't I just felt like I tried I tried to do it your way, God, and it didn't work, so I'm good cuz obviously that's a bunch of whatever. And I just started living in the world doing whatever. And without even seeing it at the time, I I went from that relationship with Sydney to where Sydney didn't matter anymore to me in a, in a way if that makes sense she did but didn't cuz I had other things to do and and it didn't it didn't break my heart like it should have but I was doing everything to to not feel this anyway so the last time I've seen Sydney she was 10 and um we spent a little bit of time together but it was it was this weird and at this moment in life currently right now Sydney is is angry bitter mad at me to the point where she doesn't want to talk to me see me anything and the, the re, there, there's a there's a testimony in this so I don't want to bum people out with this but I want you to hear it but last June, we're at lunch, and I get a text from her mom. Says, "Hey, Sydney's graduating. Needs your address. She's sending you a a, um, a letter, you know, the graduation thing." And I about jumped out of my seat, right? And already in my thoughts, I'm thinking of the plane ticket and the this and the graduation is going to be amazing. I'm going to see her from across the field. She's going to see me. She's going to run. I'm sorry. Everything, you know, I love you so much. I, you know, and this is going to be this amazing, powerful moment. And matter of fact, I think Dennis at that moment was like, hey, you can get plane tickets for 79 bucks or whatever flies, you know. And we're making, I mean, this thing's going. Like, I've never been so excited. I'm going to go see my daughter. God is faithful. I've been living for him. It's been two years. I've been doing good. God's restoring this thing. Here we go. So, me and Whitney make plans. We get plane tickets. We figure out this whole deal. And I'm just super excited. And we were either on our way or something. And, and I get a message from her mom saying, hey, you know, don't, don't get it messed up. Like, she doesn't want you there. She just wanted to send you something saying she did it. And the, the thing, I don't remember if we got the, the letter thing before we left. I think we did. So it's like right before we're leaving, we get this. It's, it's a graduation thing saying, hey, I've graduated. Not, hey, come to my graduation. And on the back of it is the most bitter, hated letter I've ever read from my daughter to me saying, hey, I don't need you. I didn't need you. I did this without you. And, and so there was this thing in my heart, like, do I not go now? Like, do we not press forward with this? Or do we just go? And, and kind of like that story with Jonathan is like, hey, God can do something here. Whether there's this issue or whatever it is, God can change that. Like, our God can change that in a moment. So why would I not go? So we get on the plane, and we go, and we fly into Vegas, and we drive to Reading, which we don't ever do. Long drive. And we get there, and we get our motel room and everything, and I start texting, like, okay, well, we're, we're here. Um, where can we meet Sydney at? Sydney does not want to see you. And then my response, well, I'll be at the graduation. Her response is, no, you won't. So I'm going to go to the graduation. Problem with that was it was the heart of COVID. And I was not getting in that graduation without paperwork from the school saying I have been invited to this graduation. And so there was this like this kick in the gut, right? Did not see my daughter. Did not talk to Sydney. I'm there. It's not, and I and I have this realization. It's not happening. It's not going to happen. So we decide, hey, we got a day or two left. Let's go see California. Whitney never been there. Drive to San Francisco. We went to San Francisco, and I tried to enjoy it because I love San Francisco and the city, and it's fun. But we left there, and I'm dri- We're driving out of San Francisco, and I realize. That there's such a dark cloud around me. Just such a de- depression, this darkness, this broken heart, like all this junk. Like I'm in this junk. And I, and I, and I don't know how or why or what, but the, inside my spirit, the Holy Spirit said to me, embrace this pain. And I was like, well, what does that even mean? Like I'm driving what? and, my, and Whitney don't know what's going on. I'm just driving and driving. And sulking and and, and the and the Lord says, Embrace the pain. And I was like, What is that? What are you talking about? And I just visualize myself putting my arms around this pain and giving it to God. And I did that while driving in my spirit. I, I did this, and immediately the presence of God came over me. The pain was gone, the dark clouds gone. And I realized something that was way, to me, more powerful than seeing Sydney. I realized that despite that failure or that pain or that didn't work out the way I thought it should have, I was not taking my eyes off Jesus. That whole pain thing was not going to drive me to say, forget it. I tried. It didn't work. So it must not be real anyway. Let's party. You know? That that thing did not change my direction. I had my eyes on Jesus. I was seeking Him first. I wanted that. I still do. I still do. But that's in God's time and in His hand. My, the Lord showed me this: if my focus is on Sydney in that relationship, if that goes this way. Or this way, I go this way, or this way, good or bad. But if my focus is on Christ who doesn't go bad, (laughs) and I keep following Him, and the Lord promises to bring back into our life and our lane what needs to be there, if I can trust Him, He will bring what needs to be there. But what also I really love... Is this because the thought has to be there of what if I don't what if that relationship isn't fixed? What if God doesn't do what what if that doesn't happen? And the Lord really stirred my heart with Daniel 317 with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hey, we're not gonna serve your king because God will deliver us. But here's the deal, even if he doesn't, I'm not gonna bow down and serve your God. Even if God doesn't, for whatever reason, his ways are higher than my ways, his thoughts are higher in mine, even if for some reason that doesn't happen, it's not going to change the fact that God is a good God, God is a loving God, and he's powerful, and he can, and I believe that, and I will, and he will if he wants to, and if that works out. I really felt like, and I really, there's five or ten guys that I really wanted to hear this that aren't here, so you guys share it when you get home. But we have in our lives those things. We have those kids we haven't reunited with. We have those messed up things because we've burnt bridges. We're in the business of doing so. But God restores bridges. And even if he doesn't, (laughs) your focus is on Christ. You keep focusing on him and he promises to bring things back. In Deuteronomy 30, he says, I will go to the ends of the earth and bring them back in to you. And I, that makes me think of our kids. My kids, other people here have kids they haven't seen, talked to. God will bring them back. Our job is to focus on Him and trust Him. And He will be faithful. Even when we're not, He is faithful. So, <laughs> I have another, I have a son who's 27. Josh is 27. Yeah, that makes me sound super old. And I'm, I'm, This is the last testimony I'll share, but I want you guys to, to hear this one because this one's cool too. Josh is 27. I didn't raise him. It was a high school girlfriend. Um, after high school, um, she was pregnant and we were pregnant. And she um, told me, uh, you know, you probably should start being a man and get a job. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. So that went south. (laughs) This is just true stuff, Chris. I'm sorry. (laughs) That went south. When Josh was two years old, two years old, they lived in Oregon. I lived in Reading. They came to town so I could meet Josh. I was living on a couch at a friend's house using drugs. And they got there, and I, what what do you want to do? And I said, I don't know. There's a Burger King we could go to. We went to a Burger King on Eureka Way, right in California. We had a cheeseburger. I don't even know if I... I didn't pay for them, I'm sure, because I didn't have any money. I don't know if I paid for me. This is me meeting my son at two years old. An absolute mess. That mess was big part in me being broken so much where I was done. Because when they left, and I realized I had nothing to offer, and what a joke my life was, and the decisions I was making... It just continued to add to the brokenness that I was already carrying to the point of I I was good, like, God, I need you. Well, the reason I share that with you is about two months ago, maybe two months, month and a half. I see on Facebook, now Josh has a girlfriend and they have a son named Zayden, my grandson. Zayden is two. Zayden's two. And I noticed on Facebook that they're traveling. And for fun, I just kind of put on there, hey, if you're ever through Missouri, let me know. And I get a response that says, hey, we'll come through Missouri. Now, Josh isn't with him because this and this, you know, they're not together because he's living the same life his dad did at that time. But she's willing to bring Zayden through town. And I'm super excited about this. And so I tell Whitney we're going to meet Zayden, and, and I get the text, uh, hey, we're in town. Oh, sweet. We're at Bass Pro Shop. Good. Let's roll. So we go to Fast Pro Shop. And walk in and here's Zayden, who's so cute. So cute. And he looks at me like he knows me, but doesn't know why. And I'm like, man, I just want to grab him up and, you know, like you would. But he doesn't know who I am, so that'd be weird. (laughs) So we meet his mom and we hang out. And I say, hey, well, let's buy something for you, buddy. Pick anything in here. He went for the quads. I said, no. (laughs) Not a chance. I'm talking about the toys on the wall. (laughs) But he goes over and he picks this cool truck, Ford truck, with the motorcycle and all this stuff. Awesome. Let's get it. Reach into my pocket, pull out a card, pay for it. Where are you guys staying tonight? Oh, we're going to drive. No, uh, I'd like to hang out more. Can we find a place, put them up at my folks' place up in Branson for the night? There's a place to sleep tonight. Call me in the morning. Let's do breakfast. They call us in the morning. Hey, where do you want to go? Cracker Barrel? Great. Six or seven of us eat. Hey, I got it. Let me grab my card. And what happened was God showed me something. With Josh, I couldn't pay for a cheeseburger on my living my crap life. But d- seeking Christ and having my eyes on God and moving forward, whatever that looks like, here it is. Now, here's my grandson from that son. This is a generation later. And God has got me in a place because of his goodness, because of his favor, where we were able to take and buy him whatever he wanted. I mean, I would have kept him longer. We would have put a room in house, whatever it is. But the, 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 the testimony is the living for Sean. What a broken place continue, stack on pain in pain because I can't be the man that I know God created me to be. I can't be the man that I want to be to living for Christ, freedom, healing, peace, joy, finances, stability and able to be the man that I know God created me to be. And it was beautiful that God showed me that even though it took 20 years. Seven, well, 25 years. That was a 25-year thing. And we were talking to Whit, uh, me and Whitney were talking last night, and I was thinking, okay, that's 27 years in between those two things. It took me 27 years to come back and see Dennis in June after I'd left for California. 27 years. And I started thinking, man, that whole 40 years in the wilderness, that's not that long. Because 27 years went by pretty quick. So... I don't know where this is all heading, but I, I wanted to share testimonies. I wanted you to see the one of Sydney that didn't work out the way I thought it should. And it just the, the, the verse of whether it does or not, I'm not changing my focus on God. I want that to happen, but it's not going to change that. And then I wanted you to see God's faithfulness and in goodness. In, in the other side of it where I'm meeting my grandson and able to be a man who could be a man and pay for lunch and 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 it was just, it's amazing what God will do. It is amazing what God does when we submit to him. When we give up, yeah, when we give up on our good stuff, the whole, the whole thing of looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of of our faith. We talked about it in class today. Like when we're looking at ourselves, it's a mess, man. Like literally like Nathan, you couldn't do what you're doing on your own. I couldn't, Dennis, you couldn't. But the power of God in us and looking unto him changes. It It changes the whole equation. You guys know about equations, right? I love equations. Y plus C equals 100. That's fun stuff. U plus God equals success. U plus God equals healing, peace, joy. And like I always tell these guys... And it's so powerful. But the decisions you're making today will affect your tomorrow. The decisions I made at your age affected my tomorrow. Now, God has redeemed that some of those messes. But, man, it, I don't know. It would be cool if he didn't have to all the time. If we could just stay focused on him and do what he's called us to do. I'd choose Jesus. Where's my singers at? Del- or, um, Elena. So this song... These guys sing this song at youth group two weeks ago, and I have been waking up with it in my heart every morning. It's so powerful. So I'm going to have them sing this. Um, Cool. And then what I'd like to do, like, after they sing it, maybe, uh, Chris, if we could do some worship. Because I really feel like, like something happened last week with that father thing. Like, for those that were here, in that line of men who needed a father to stand in just symbolically and then just what god's put on my heart with my kids and just the kids and then the youth being here i I just feel like god is well i know god is doing a thing family oriented and i know there's healing that has to come and so i want to open up the altars after they sing their song the altars will be open if you need prayer want prayer want to talk whatever it's open you're free to go also but if there's, a, if there's anything that's kind of stuck your heart a little bit today, whether it's the faith thing, whether it's the kids thing, whether it's the trusting in God thing, whatever it is, I'd like to partner with you in prayer in that and to see if we can, not see if we can, but bring God into the equation. Let's bring God into that equation. In Jesus' name. Are you ready? And I would just let this soak over you. I would like hear these words and just, it's powerful. take this time to uh...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who thought Sean's message was amazing today?
0: Thanks Steve. Well maybe we won't have this. Oh we got it? Amen we got it. different one. Yeah. So just, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Good call. Thanks for your patience. Do you want to speak? These guys are incredible. I know we talked about it already, but they don't have parents, like a lot of their parents aren't saying, come on, let's go to church. But they are on their own coming to church. And I love it. I think God, God will bless you guys for that and reward you. But I, it's so on my heart to, to remember them in our prayers. Remember what schools were like a long time ago when we were in them, how they've changed, and just the pressure from the world just to offer everything that you could imagine. And just continue to pray over them. We'll go ahead and just... Uh, do the monkey. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, if y'all want to just lead us in worship, maybe until they get that. If you're good with that. Or... Around, you're yeah, okay. All right, well, we're going to do a worship song, and then we'll get that figured out. We'll do it. We still got a couple minutes, so let's take that time, whether it's in your seat. Let's just thank God for what he's done in our life, and and just begin to build faith. Like The word tells us that the spirit of... um. That the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. So all those testimonies are alive and active in your life too. God's not a respecter or man. What he's done yesterday, he'll do tomorrow, he'll do today. And he hasn't given up on you. That's so important to remember. Like you're not at a point where God has said, I'm good on that one. He is still fighting for you. He is still chasing you down. He's still waiting. And he's here right now. He's here when you leave. He's here all the time. But there comes a moment when it's just surrender, just surrender, just give it up. We can't do it on our own anyway. It doesn't matter how good we could be. It doesn't matter if I started life and never made a mistake; like it still would not get me to heaven. We need Jesus, and it's okay to need Jesus. Like it isn't a failure, or you're wrong. You're not wrong, or this, or somebody's better than you because you need Jesus. We all need Jesus. We are all in the same boat. And we all need Jesus. So let's press in for a few minutes. Out
1: upon the waters, the great unknown, where feet. And there I find you in the mysteries and all.
0: Isaiah 61, it says that the Lord wants to take our ashes and give us beauty. Beauty for ashes. And I heard that preached a couple months ago and the Lord was telling this this preacher to give him his ashes. And I started thinking like, like, I don't have ashes. Like, man, God is good. Like, things have been going really well in my life. And the Lord started to show me, you have ashes, Sean. We have ashes. Like, think of... Like the Lord started, even in our church here, like the Lord started to remind me of how many people we have lost, life's lost in the last three years. Like we have ashes. There are ashes that we are carrying and God is saying, give me your ashes. Don't keep carrying your ashes. Give me your ashes and I will make beauty out of these ashes. That thing with Josh at Burger King, those were ashes for 27 years. That God is taking and he's made beauty by meeting Zayden and being able to hang out and have lunch. God has taken those ashes and given me beauty. But he's saying that to us as a church. Quit carrying the ashes. Give me your ashes. And he will exchange them with beauty. That's his word. Try him on that. Let's do one more song, cause I really feel like there's a there's a a call to that if we want to accept it, of giving Him our ashes. Let's After this song, you're all dismissed. Be blessed. Go Bears, whatever we're doing. But think of this right now. Take a second, man, to say, God, am I carrying ashes? Like, is there something, God, you're asking me to give up? It's ashes. It's junk. It's not yours to carry. We've all made mistakes. We've all burnt bridges. We've all done things wrong. we we have ashes. But you don't have to keep carrying them. Christ is saying like, hey, give me those ashes and I'll exchange them for beauty.
1: Sing this with me. You turn mourning. You turn morning to dancing. You give beauty.